got a real wing dinger today. Sermon. It's a good one. Ladies, you like this one. I hope I can get it right. <laughs> I know you're all hoping that I can get it right too. Uh, book of Judges is where we've been. Great book of great God stories. Today's another one of them. You remember we, at the beginning of Judges, the people have come into the land and uh, those same guys, Joshua, Caleb, the brave ones that brought them into the land and conquered the enemies, they're there. And whenever the enemies would rise up, you had like Othniel, who was the nephew of, of Caleb. He, would, he rose up and kind of saved Israel at the beginning. So you had all these good guys, uh, all these prominent guys, all these guys who you thought would be the ones that would uh, save the day. Um, but yet, at one time, those same people were weak in the sight of God. They were wanderers in the desert. They had a lot of limitations and things against them. They didn't have a house. They, didn't, they lived in a tent. Um, they were going into a land that was already established and had to conquer it. So God raised them up. But then we begin to see how unpredictable God is in the way he starts to do things. When the nations would rise up now, we have a guy named Shamgar, who isn't even one of the chosen people, but God raised him up to save the chosen people. And then last week we looked at Ehud. Remember him? The left-handed guy who couldn't even use his right hand from the tribe of the right hand? (laughs) little ironic. God does it in unpredictable ways like that because we are God forgetters. Over and over you see the process in the book of Judges of the people forgetting God shortly after he has delivered them once again. The word remembers on the front of the table. Every week we try to gather and remember the body and blood of Jesus because it's so easy to forget. So easy to forget how great God is. So we get another great God story today. And in addition to that, we get a song that they sang. Songs help us remember, don't, don't they? We have an exercise at, at where I work called anchoring. And the basis, the basis behind the exercise is if things are not going good right now in your life, and you're down and, and the clouds are out and the rain's pouring down, Anchor or try to anchor back to a time in the past where things were good and humming and you had a life momentum going. Try to anchor back to that somehow. And so through the exercise, we try to, we ask the guys to identify that time in their life and why it was good. We ask them to tell it, what did it feel like? And just kind of relive it right now. And then we ask them to do a physical stimulus that will help kind of remind that. And it never fails. They all rubber band, right? Rubber band to try to anchor. Some of them come up with their own unique things. But songs are so good at anchoring. How many times have you heard that song that takes you right back to a spot? Takes you right back to a time? Or takes you right back to a feeling? Well, they sing a song today. We're going to go through the song after we read the story. I hope I do this one right because it deserves... It deserves me to do it right. This is a great story. Let's start. Judges chapter 4, if you want to turn there. I even got a map, so we're already started off pretty good, right? (laughs) 
After Ehud, that left-handed guy, after he died, the Israelites once again, they forgot. They forgot. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, a king of Canaan, who reigned in Hatzor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hagoim. It's kind of a tough word, but I think maybe some of you might have caught part of that word. Hagoim. You hear the word goyim in there? Does anybody know what that word means? With all of your Jewish backgrounds? (laughs) Goyim is what Jewish people call the nations. Or in other words, Gentiles, non-Jewish. You are goyim. Congratulations. So if you don't learn anything today, you learn that, right? Goyim is that Yiddish or Hebrew word for the nations, the non-chosen, non-Jewish people. So here we have Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, living in Herosheth of the nations. Think of that moniker for a second because it helps us to kind of get into the story a little bit. He had 900 iron chariots. 900 iron chariots. And Herosheth of the nations is situated on the valley of Jezreel. Just to give you an idea of that valley, one of the cities that sits on top of the hill overlooking the valley is Megiddo. There is in the book of Revelation this word, Armageddon. You know that one? Literally in Hebrew, it's Har Megiddo. Hill of Megiddo. It looks over that valley because valleys are always where wars are fought. And so the scene of our setting today is in the valley of Jezreel where so many battles were fought that God in his scriptures uses that valley as an illustration of the final war where good will finally overcome evil. And he calls it Armageddon because of all the battles fought in this valley. Sisera commands the valley because he's got 900 iron chariots. Israel is weak and they have totally, totally conformed to Sisera and his army and they are at his mercy. And he sits, the city, at the mouth of that valley headed toward the Mediterranean Sea and all the Israelites live out in the valley or at the tops looking down in the valley But yet, they have no control. They plant crops in the valley, but Sisera and the Canaanites come and take all those crops because they are in control. I am trying my best for you and I to get inside this story. I don't know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Times are tough for the Israelites, and nobody is found. And rightfully so. Who wants to go up against 900 chariots? We'll see here in a second the condition that the Israelites are in concerning war and defending themselves. Who would ever have the guts? Nobody. So the Israelites, after being under his oppressed army for 20 years, they cried out to the Lord for help. Only shot we got, God. We gave up on him. We forgot about him. But now the cry is there. Have you had that in your life? Now we start talking to God a little bit more when things aren't going so well, right? Same thing. So there, right there, we ought to be in the story. We do the same thing. Next verse, verse 4. 
Somebody stands up. Who do you think he was? She, her name was Deborah. Where are all the men? That's the name of this story. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth, was leading Israel at the time. She held court. Why don't we just skip this? Let's go to the map that I got there. And you can kind of see some of the the places as I read through this. She held court under the palm of Deborah, named after her, between Ramah and Bethel. You see right in the middle of Ephraim, kind of right in the middle of the whole um, map there, you see Bethel and Ai underneath the word Ephraim. That's where she's at. She's right in the middle. She's in the country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali. See up clear at the top in the orange? And said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, commands you, go and take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun right beside, and lead the way to Mount Tabor. Uh, can you see the little, you see Issachar, the red? There is an arrow there right at the top. It says Mount Tabor. That's where we're at. Go to Mount Tabor with your 10,000 men that you've called from Naphtali and Zebulun and lead the way. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Javan's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. This is what God said through Deborah to Barak. I'm going to lure Sisera out. Um, if you see Asher there up toward the top, and you can see uh, Jochnium, that's about where Herosheth and Sisera are, right at the mouth of the valley. Now, you got to understand what's going on in Barak's mind, and you also have to understand what's going on in Deborah's mind. Deborah actually believes in the power of God. Barak doesn't. Deborah is saying, I, God is telling you, Barak, that I'm going to lure Sisera out from Harosheth into the valley where the river Kishon is. What? No. We have been, us in this valley and on the hills surrounding it, at Sisera's mercy. We don't want that guy coming out of there. In fact, we've been completely at his mercy. What's going to stop Sisera from coming around that corner through the valley with the chariots? Whether he decides to or not. (laughs) It's all up to him. We are completely oppressed and at his mercy. And now you're going to lure him out? This is how God's going to break down the stronghold. I'm going to give him into your hands. All right, the next verse, verse 6 of Judges 5 says, In the days of Shamgar, he was the foreigner. And in the days of Jael, we'll read about her in a minute. Listen, the roads were abandoned. Travelers took to windy paths. You can't even walk on the roads. Because Jabin has Sisera and his army out there. You're going to get roughed up. You're going to get the money stolen out of your pockets. So if we even want to go anywhere, we're just taking back roads and windy paths through the mountains. Village life ceased. You just think about that for a second. If you become to a point that you're afraid to come out of your house, to go to the store like you do every day, listen to me, friends. 
What if this was like this for you and I? Village life ceased until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. What do you think she refers to herself as a mother? Because all the men are boys. That's why. <laughs> I arose when they chose new gods. When Israel chose new gods, like it always does, war came to the city gates. And going up against 900 chariots with not a shield or spear seen among 40,000 in Israel. They had swords, but not shields or spears. All right, back to the story. Verse 8, next verse. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. I got to take a second and imagine what a man thinks in his heart when he has to say that to a woman. <laughs> okay, I'll go, but you got to go with me. Gentlemen, you and I need to be men of God. And simply what that means is, you and I have to stop being conformed by this world and be conformed and transformed to his image like he would have us be. But Barak says, uh, okay, but I need you to go with me. Barak has been one that has conformed like all the Israelites to the stronghold of Sisera and his chariots. Now, there's no chariots going to run through a valley around here. But what are the strongholds? What are the strongholds in your life? Because those are the areas in which you have been conformed by this world. And it's time for you to say, stop. Stop, world. I'm tired of it. I don't want you to conform me anymore. Stop. Quit telling me all the things that I need. Let me decide. Barak said, I'll go if you go. And Deborah said, okay, I'll go with you. But because of the way you are going about this, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. We'll read about that in a minute. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, where he summoned Zebulun and Naphtali. 10,000 men followed him, and Deborah also went with him. <laughs> All right, verse 12. When they told Sisera that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Mount Tabor, if you could see it, is a mountain right smack in the middle of this flat valley. It almost looks like an anomaly. And Barak is portraying strength because he sits on that mountain in an attempt to try to rule over the valley that Sisera is in charge of. But Barak doesn't have that in his heart at all. But Sisera says, who's this trying to rise up? Who's this trying to be somebody and say something? We got to go take care of this right now. So Sisera gathered together his 900 chariots and all the men with him from Harasheth to the Kishon River. And Deborah said to Barak, go. This is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? It's an interesting question. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? Barak would probably say, I don't know, has he? I can't see him. We'll find out in, the, in, a, re, in, a, in a second what Barak saw that would have totally let him know that. 
Hasn't God gone ahead of you? Hasn't the Lord delivered him into your hands? So Barak mustered up the courage finally. He went down Mount Tabor, rushed into the valley, followed by 10,000 men. And at his advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword. All they had was sword against the chariots. It's not an even battle at all. And Sisera abandoned his chariot and fled on foot. Why would you do that? Your chariot's going to go a lot faster than you running. Why would you do that? We'll find out. But Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Herosheth. All the troops of Sisera fell by the sword. Not a man was left. All right. So there's the, there's the story in a nutshell. Now it's time for us to... Actually, let's, let's read a little bit more here. This is Judges chapter 4, verse 17. Sisera, Barak killed all of, of Sisera's men, but Sisera fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Because there were friendly relations between Jabin and the clan of Heber, Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she put a covering over him. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. And she opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone in here, say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. And she drove the peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Interesting twist and finish to the story, huh? What a brave woman. All the men probably thought Sisera was 10 foot tall. But Jael was not afraid at all. Okay, song. Ready? Judges chapter 5. Let's put the map back up there so you can kind of watch a little bit. I'm just going to read it. Go through this. Songs are good, and you can see wonderfully changed hearts in this song. It says in chapter 5, verse 1, On the day Deborah and Barak, son of Abimelech, sang this song, When the princes of Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. They're ready to go. Hear this, you kings of Canaan. Listen to this, you rulers. I will sing to the Lord. I will sing. I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. Verse 4. O Lord, when you came to the battle that day, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, and the clouds poured down water. The mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. And there's our key as to what happened that day. On the day that Barak took his 10,000 up onto the top of the mountain, the floodgates of heaven opened up and filled that valley with water from the river Kishon. And all of Sisera's 900 mighty iron chariots got stuck in the river and in the mud, and they were rendered useless, totally neutralized. And that's what gave the 10,000 who had a seed of faith to go up on that mountain the bravery and the courage to go down and slaughter the enemy and make this great story. What can God do in the stronghold of your life? The answer is simple, anything and everything. 
But do you believe that he will do it? Verse 6. In the days of Shamgar, in the days of Jael, travelers took to winding paths. Village life ceased until I, Deborah, rose up a mother. When they chose new gods, war came to the city gate. My heart is with Israel's princess, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. Naphtali, Zebulun, were the places where the 10,000 came from. Where was everybody else? Where were the other tribes? Meh, we're clear down here. Not our problem. We don't want to get involved. Dangerous. We've heard about the 900 chariots. Verse 10. You here today, you who ride on white donkeys sitting on your saddle blankets, you who are on the roads that we fought for because we couldn't be on the roads, and you who walk along the road, you need to consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They, in their songs, recite the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts of his warriors in Israel. And you who are on your comfortable donkeys, you better not forget it. Because we did a good thing through God's power. Think about our songs. The rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. For the people originally writing and singing those words, it was a praise that as long as we can hear the bombs going off, we're still in the fight. We haven't surrendered or been overcome. But what do those words mean to you? It probably is the part of the song where the tempo switches and the, and the, I don't know how to sing, but the octaves get a little bit higher, right? Mm. You can't forget about our songs because you live in the comfort of people who had courage. You live in the comfort that people provided for you because they did not take the work out of the courage. Do you have the same courage? Those are people who probably didn't forget about God because they needed him. Do you need him? Are you willing to fight? Just as in all the tribes did not go up to Naphtali and Zebulun and help out. Some of them just said, we don't want to get involved. How about you and I? Where are all the people of the church working together? If all of the tribes would have got together, they would have been able to do this a lot easier. But they wouldn't join, and those people over there wouldn't join, and they wouldn't get behind us. So us that are living right on the scene, nobody will help us. We can't do it. Then the men who were left came down to the nobles. This is still part of the song. And the peoples of the Lord came to me with the, might, came to me with the mighty. Some came from Ephraim, whose roots were Amalek. Benjamin was there. The people who followed you. From Machir, captains came down. From Zebulun, those who bear a commander's staff. The princes of Issachar were there with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak, rushing with him into the valley. In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Why did they stay among the campfires? Reuben, 
There was much searching of heart. Gilead. Gilead, you can see above over to the right where it says Manasseh. You see Ramot de Gilead. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, Dan the dark green on the left in the middle. Dan, why did you linger by your ships? Asher, clear up north. They were close, but they were on the other side of Harasheth. Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. But the people of Zebulun risked their very lives, and so did Naphtali on the heights of the field. Here's a recap of the story. Kings came. The the kings of Canaan came. They fought at Tianak by the waters of Megiddo, but they didn't carry off any silver. They didn't carry off any plunder. From the heavens, the stars fought for us. From the courses, they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away, the age-old river, the river Kishon. Can you hear them singing this? The old man, the old river that's run through the valley of Jezreel forever. It fought for us that day. March on, my soul. Be strong for once, the song says. Then hundreds of horses' hooves galloping, galloping go to its mighty steeds. But curse Meros. Meroz is up at the very north of Naphtali, removed from the battle. Curse that city, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly because they did not come to help the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. Now we read about Jael. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Why do you got to keep calling Heber? Where was Heber? Just call her Jael. She deserves it on her own, right? But the point is, she was a woman who was actually brave enough. Sisera asked for water. She gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him curdled milk. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. And at her, her, a woman's feet, the mighty Sisera sank. He fell And there he lay. At her feet he sank and fell. J.L. Now this is interesting. A different point of view. Through the window peered Sisera's mother. Behind the lattice she cried out. Why is his chariot so long in coming? This is the song, remember, that the Israelites are singing. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answers her. Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, are they not finding and dividing up the spoils? You know the men, a girl or two for each of the men. They just fought and conquered. Now they need a woman. Are they not finding and dividing the spoils, colorful garments and plunder for Sisera, colorful garments embroidered, highly embroidered garments for my neck, all this as plunder? And so may all your enemies perish, O Lord, but may they who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Why, friend, is the church so weak today? Why? We've been conformed far too often as opposed to being transformed far too rarely. We can be different. 
we can be different. A great story can be had here and a great song written about what has happened here if we're willing to fight, to be men and women of courage, to be different, to say, no, world, you will not conform. Yes, Lord, I will allow you to transform. Otherwise, God will deliver. He is so full of mercy and grace that way. But he does it the hard way if we don't do it the right way. If we forget, he will remind. Just like in this story where God saved the land of milk and honey through two women because the men didn't have the courage. In my opinion, there's a little fact that makes the story even better on how God used two women, two women to save the land of milk and honey. Deborah is the Hebrew word for bee. Bees make honey. Jael is the Hebrew word for goat. I don't know why you would name your daughter goat, but it's what it was. Jael is the Hebrew word for goat, and goats make milk. Two women whose names are a reminder that he is in charge no matter how many chariots. And I will save you unpredictably so, so that hopefully, hopefully, finally, finally, you will not forget that I am God. That's all I got. Let's pray. Great God in heaven, I've forgotten far too often. Far too often. I have felt the gap between who I've wanted to be and the reality who I've been conformed to be far too often. I've felt the shame and the guilt of that gap. I've been motivated to get rid of that gap so many times, only often to falter again because I have forgotten about you. Lord, let us have a song in our hearts about how great and powerful you are. So that song inspires in us courage, bravery, not for our own sake, but courage and bravery that stems from simple faith in you. Lord, forgive our forgetfulness. Remind us again this week. Lord, do for us, similar to what you did for Barak, show us a sign of some nature that we can win this battle, that we can overcome that stronghold in our life. Show us something, God. You know how weak we are. We need something. Show us, Lord, and then let us follow you down into the valley to conquer the enemy. No matter what the chances look like, God, be with us. And in our mustard-sized seed faith, help us, God. Use it, take it, and let us sling the mountains into the sea with your power. Lord, we remember your son. The reminder that he was. God, you set up a system of sacrifices, unblemished lambs. And then you use your son to show up as an unblemished lamb. 
And your son in the human form walks the path of the lamb of the Passover week too perfectly, so perfectly as a reminder for everyone to wake up and say, oh my gosh, he was the one. Lord, I'm sure you're so sick of reminding us all the time. Frankly, Lord, in our heart of hearts, we're tired of forgetting too. We're tired of the age-old chaos cycle that we see in the book of Judges being played out in our own lives. God, help us. Help us leave here not, not changed and not, not different. Lord, I pray that our story today is a reminder. If we haven't forgot, let us be reminded today. And let us sing the song from our heart about how great you are. In your name we pray, amen. One last verse, just a couple of words. The last verse of Judges 5 at the end of the song. It switches from song to narrative. Listen to it. Then the land had peace for 40 years. You've got to get peace against your stronghold friend or it's going to continue to rule over you. And you'll be half a man, half a woman. Let's get some peace, huh? But peace doesn't come without first having to fight. But the fight produces great songs, and the fight produces great men and women. Why don't we go ahead and stand as we sing here? Let's hand ourselves over to God. Let's say no more to the strongholds, and let's be willing to fight. And let's be willing, and let's make a commitment to leave here not, not changed.